I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And I'm Esther Ikoro. And we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. Today on the Honest Field Guide podcast, Google Digital Coaches and taking control of your digital footprint. Hey, Esther. Hey, Ginger. So today we're going to talk about Google Digital Coaches. Are you excited? I am very excited about this conversation. (laughs) Great. Great. Okay, so why don't we start off by you telling me what Google Digital, or telling the audience, because I know. You do know by now. I do know by now. Tell me what Google Digital Coaches is. So the Google Digital Coaches program is something that the diversity inclusion team at Google have been working on for a number of years, um, looking for opportunities and ways to engage with the underrepresented, marginalized small business and entrepreneur community. You know, what do they need to do to understand more deeply some of the challenges and problems and issues and desires and wants and needs this community um, requires to run their businesses. And I think that, you know, Google is a huge, huge company. And, you know, they work with countries, you know, like Canada (laughs) or, you know, governments or large, large brands like the New York Times. So when it comes to them being 100 percent and completely in touch with everyday people, um, you know, they need to find a way to to do that. And, And so what what came of their research and work over a number of years was the development of this program called the Google Digital Coaches Program, which we piloted in 2017. My company, fortunately, was hired in 2016 to do some work around this um, nationally for Mm -hmm. the diversity inclusion team. And as a small business owner, um, I was really in line with some of the things that I know that I needed as a small business owner. And it was really helpful as I was on the road working for Google at the time with Burt Creative to sort of say, oh, I can hear more stories from other small businesses and entrepreneurs that are just like mine. Mm -hmm. And these are some of the things that you need to know. So um, it was just really a lot of fun. So after I did this work from 2014 to 2016, um, this program piloted in nine states, which was great. And, um, you know, we've been sort of going at it since then. What would you say is Google's company culture around small businesses? Because it's a huge company, and you're right. They can't really listen directly to what people need. And when you think about Google, a lot of people, even though I know this because I've had been able to observe some of the things that they're doing with small businesses, but a lot of people don't think Google and then think small businesses. Right. So what's the company culture inside of Google surrounding small businesses? Because they're, they're a technology company and their software almost feels larger than life and the products they push out feel larger than life, certainly larger than small business in a lot of ways. So what, what's that culture like? Well, one thing I will say about Google, which is great. Um, and I do, you know, we have a lot of other clients Esther at Bird Creative, right? So Google is not our only client. Right. Um, but Google is, is an entrepreneurial company. They started, it was started by entrepreneurs and the people that work there are entrepreneurs 
And some of the people that work there are entrepreneurial. So they have many, many of the employees at Google understand and have passion for and and um, um, a sort of connection with entrepreneurs and other small businesses because they see themselves as that too. I mean, mm-hmm. I've just found over the years working with different Google or people from all over the um, the company, um, folks in the United States, um, I just feel an affinity with the people that work there. Mm-hmm. And so even though they do work with large brands like General Motors, Target, Coca-Cola, you know, they still have an understanding of individual people that are running things. And they also recognize that entrepreneurs and small businesses need their tools to be successful in this environment. They know the success that happens and exists from large brands. And they know every person at Google understands that these tools can work for a one person shop, Mm -hmm. you know, that has a business on their kitchen table. They get it. They really do get it. So these workshops are completely free. Um, Google invests a lot of time and money into deploying people like you all over the country to engage small businesses. Why do you think Google is investing so much in engaging small business owners and entrepreneurs? I love that question because I get it all the time. (laughs) All the coaches across the country get this question all the time. What's the catch? I know. What is the catch? Why is Google doing this? I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious because, um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, with Burt Creative, you know, we embed ourselves so deeply in the client relationship um, that for us, it seems very obvious, but I understand to people on the outside, it doesn't. Google is investing this because they know the more people that use their products and access their, their software and their platforms, the better they can make their products because, um, you know, they want information. They need to know how things are working Mm -hmm. and they particularly need to know how things are working for an entrepreneur, small business that has five bucks versus 5 million bucks a day. Mm -hmm. Right. So for them, if they can, um, teach and train a small business that, you know, your $5, for example, will have an impact on your business Mm -hmm. in, in, similar ways that a $5 million spend will have with a larger company, then that's a huge win, not only for Google, but for the small business that understands, oh my gosh, I had no idea mm-hmm. that, that Google could help me so much running to run my business like a big brand. I mean, it's, it's a real thing. Um, so it is a win-win. It is sort of this, um, you know, collaborative process. And I do think that small businesses need to also recognize that, when they're using Google tools, it's not a one-sided conversation. I mean, they have to participate in learning as well. They yeah. have to learn. Otherwise, yeah. they're not going to grow and they're not going to make it. Yeah. I I hear that sentiment a lot, too, in the time that I've been um, at Google Digital Coaches Workshop. I think it's a, sent- a sentiment that is one that's common among small business owners about any sort of service. Yeah. It's really interesting that as a business owner, you are selling someone something. Right. But then when someone says, here's a product that could help you, you're like, no, what's the catch? Right. So for me, there, there are a couple things going on here that I think are really interesting. Part of what makes our, our world and this capitalistic society really great is that we get to interact with really large companies and really small companies. Like everyone doesn't want to go to 
Don't Sue Me, Cheesecake Factory, or Olive Garden. Some people want to go to that mom and pop, you know, Cubano serving restaurant, you know, that has, you know, really amazing sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Like some people want to find that one vegan bakery or some people want to go to Sprinkles. Right. We should have access to all of that information so that when you want to go to Sprinkles, you can find the nearest one near you. And when you want to go to a mom and pop vegan bakery, you can find one near you. I think that when you look at that ecosystem like that, you begin to realize that both companies serve different purposes to different people at different times. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're not both taking advantage of the at bat they have to get the right customer in the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to Google's tools, though, I think that there's always with anything, especially since uh, money is usually an issue for small business owners. A major issue. (laughs) A major issue (laughs) for small business owners. This idea of investing in technology, there's almost a distrust in it. Um, So it's interesting that you said that because if if Google products work. And they do. And they do. Mm -hmm. Clearly, they're better for you as a small business owner and if they're better for you as a small business owner what happens you keep using the product right no one's gonna keep using a product that isn't working when you're talking about b2b Mm -hmm. which is what google products are for in a lot of ways when Mm -hmm. they're talking about their small business products like adwords like understanding what is you know talked about in google digital coaches it's a win-win situation yeah Mm -hmm. you know if it didn't work then they wouldn't think that you would keep coming back so they wouldn't invest the effort in engaging you in this because it just wouldn't right but i think that the other the other piece around working and and the other piece around working though is the small business owner and the entrepreneur they have to know how to make it work so a lot of times you'll have a small business that has made an investment Mm -hmm. in youtube Mm -hmm. um for example put a put a a youtube video out or Mm -hmm. maybe they've taken advantage of an offer on google ads and spent a little bit of money and they've gotten absolutely no return Mm -hmm. and and part of that lack of return is um they haven't really invested the time to learn how to use the tools to actually make it return back to them so i think that what's working with the google digital coaches is not only a top level awareness of all the opportunities that exist with google and the products for small business but also as the coaches are here for, we're here to teach you how to use these products so they can be effective and to help you change your mindset around whether you should trust or not. Um, you know, the question comes up repeatedly, you know, what is in it for Google? What do they want? I don't trust Google. You know, I mean, you but know. you use it every time you want to find something. You absolutely and do. And if a you restaurant's use... menu isn't on Google, you're like, what's wrong with them? Exactly. And then you have to look in the mirror and be like, what's wrong with me? Exactly. You got to look, you got to, you have to be self-reflective and realize yeah. that you've got to invest your time and energy into learning why things are happening and why they're working and how they can work better for you. So, um, you know, um, I'm just excited about the program because when you think about other tech companies, and I'm not throwing shade on any of them, but I do think that Google um, is leading in the education space to mm-hmm. help small businesses. I'm not really seeing this level of commitment yeah. coming out of some of the other tech companies where we rely on their mm-hmm. tools every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing a lift with this much visibility, and mm-hmm. I also am not seeing with the other tech companies um, the freedom um, that Google is giving my company and the other coaches around the country um, to use them as a platform for their own growth and their mm-hmm. own expansion and their own visibility. I mean, you know, the work that's happened because of Google Digital Coaches since I've been involved in 2014 
um, I've been able to grow my business from it. Yeah. And I'm not really I'm not really seeing that kind of commitment. I think Google is leading and I think yeah. they're informing other companies to do this. Uh-huh. And I would I welcome the day mm-hmm. that a giant company that's not Google decides to platform small business, especially underrepresented and marginalized business to help them win because there's really not a lot of companies that are helping us. And I speak as an African-American, you know, multicultural um, woman um, be successful. They're not putting the money on the table to help us win. And I know that Google is committed to doing that in, in unconventional ways. I mean, it's not just like bringing a company in saying, here's a contract to work on it. I mean, they're doing all kinds of things. They've got their, you know, their, their fishing line out in a lot of places to try to find opportunities to help people be successful. Yeah. Like with their supplier diversity program and with Google digital coaches and things like that. I just have one thing to add to this though. Uh Oh, this it's not bad. <laughs> it's not. I see a little, I Knowledge see a little doubt, pa- a doubt, a doubting doubt. glint in your eye. Okay. No, what? it's, I mean, I'm like, I Google. haven't convinced you yet. Co- no, you have kudos to Google. <laughs> knowledge is power and knowledge is a barrier. Right. For yeah. a lot of people. Okay. Sure. Right. And I think that when it comes to the digital knowledge gap, a lot of small business owners has, have limiting beliefs about where their business can go. Yeah. And what is possible for them. So what can you give me an example? Because I, I, I have a million examples I can think of yeah. that, that say yes, mo- yes, have- yes. But what makes you what makes you say that after what I just said? Oh, because when you're talking about um, people uh, not knowing how to fully utilize tools to get the results that they want. Yeah. I think about Google Digital Coaches Workshop because a lot of the most helpful workshops I've seen have been ones that make a point to manage expectations. OK, sure. You know, it's like. If I sit down at piano and if, you know, a classically trained pianist sits down at piano, the piano is still the same. I just don't know how to play. Mm-hmm. Right. So my result is going to sound a lot different. That's not the piano's fault. But for some people, they sit down once and they run one Google ad or they put on put up a few Facebook posts or they put up a YouTube video. And they sit and wait. They're like, what they, they're like, I'm not on Forbes yet. <laughs> This is a scam. And it's like, <laughs> you know, wait, it's true. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm happy that you're bringing that up because one when I kick off my workshops and I've run um, so many workshops since we went live in 2017, um, I right off the bat say, look, um, I've got this awesome coupon that's going to give you $100 in free advertising. Yep. And you're only going to need to spend $25 I to get the $100 in free. Give me one of those. I know. Right. But I'm like, I'm pretty clear. I'm like, look, just let's be real. This is for learning. It's for learning. It's not going to get you the million dollar mm-hmm. customer. I mean, 25 bucks spend, mm-hmm. you know, with $100 in free advertising, which basically means $125 spend. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of money, but it's an investment in you understanding what this looks like, how to write a headline, yeah, how to write the and copy. you have to learn the sk- those skills and then you have to learn what your audience reacts to. And, yeah. and so there's a lot of learning. There's a ton of learning. I see I mean, you a resistance it. to learning sometimes. Oh, there's definitely resistance to learning. And, and, and part of that is because there's so much to learn that you have to ask yourself, my God, there's so much to learn. Where in the world do I start? And, you know, that's a challenge for any small business or entrepreneur that's, that's, that's alive now running a business. Right. Because the things that are happening today mm-hmm. 
never were available to any no. of us. I mean, this is like, you're just like, it's, it's, it blows my mind, mm. actually. I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, God. Oh, no. Um, what is your conspiracy theory? A couple things. <laughs> I have a lot of conspiracy theories, yeah. but this is not, this. our podcast is not about conspiracy theory. No. But I'm dying to hear this what is it. It's not like it? a Come government on. conspiracy theory. Give it up. This is just a, a business a conspiracy too. theory. <laughs> now more than ever, people have access to the digital tools that can allow small businesses to disrupt large businesses. Yes. Um, when That's you, not a conspiracy. Hold on. I'm not done. When you look at, okay, let me give you an example. So there couple things at play yeah. here one you have the resistance to learning because it's not enough for you to be a cobbler anymore and and perfect the craft of shoemaking for instance you also have to perfect the craft of marketing those shoemaking skills mm-hmm. right so I'm that you, so 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 that someone can choose you who is in their neighborhood as opposed to go to don't sue me but target which might even be a little further away from them and might not give them the same options right right a lot of people feel like it should still be enough for them to be a master cobbler yeah. That's just not true anymore. So No, you, you don't even have to be a master cobbler. You, you got just have good, to be good at marketing. You gotta be good at marketing. And, and <laughs> people resent that. Who resents it? People who are master cobblers, oh, people who yeah, are yeah, cinematographers, yeah. people who are photographers, people who pride themselves on the craft of their work are very resentful of what they feel like has been the the dilution or the turning away from what they think people should be focused on to what they think is, quote unquote, destroying the fabric right. of our society, which is social media. So how is this a conspiracy theory? Though? This sounds it's a like conspiracy real. Th- it's real. It's real. <laughs> so that's one side of it. There's the side that business owners have to accept that whether or not they like it, this is here to stay and this is where the power is. So if you're really if your product is really that great, then you owe it to the customers that would gain something from your products to get in front of them. And the way that you get in front of them is by recognizing that they're you're not existing in a silo. You're competing with Apple, with Facebook, with Target, with all of these things. Attention. Attention. We're mm-hmm. all competing for the same attention to yep. say, here's my product, it is really good, you will really like it. With that being said, it is in the best interest of large established companies for you to think that this is unattainable. Oh, yes. Now I get It is getcha. in the best interest of large they don't want you to win. Because then a Harry's Razors never happens. They then don't want you to win. All of these white label clothing lines that are taking money away from Target and Walmart and all of these yeah, things. Yeah, Gillette. That are Woo. taking, they are taking market share because, <laughs> you know, and these are companies that are purely built on internet, purely built on the understanding of attention. Yeah. If every small business and they built really, it at scale, at I mean, scale. it happened fast. Yeah, like it took Gillette a long time. Yeah, yeah. If every small business really, really took the time to understand the power that they have at their fingertips, and for the fact that they're inherently more endearing and yeah. personable as a small business in this day and age, yeah, then big I mean, companies would be in like trouble. That last, so the last workshop that we did at the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce, which is awesome, it was it was mm-hmm. held with you know ten thousand small businesses from mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. I noticed when we ran the workshop that moment when I, when I, when I was kind of quiet and I said, this has never happened in the history of small business that we can do all the Mm -hmm. things that are in front of us today. And everyone looked around like, Oh my God, this is true. And, and I literally saw like a wave go over their, over the, the attempt, the participants Mm -hmm. faces like, I need to wake up. I haven't been doing enough. They were literally, I could see it. I haven't Mm -hmm. been doing enough. I, I didn't, I didn't think about it like this. And I think that, the mindset change and you know when you talk about you know the perfect audiences for this workshop i mean that would be those would be the perfect audiences mm-hmm. because these are 
These are people that have a business already. They've been in business for a while. They know how to make money. Mm -hmm. They know how to spend money. They know how to invest in their business. And they have a desire to go to the next step. And so they're, you know, they're not really startup anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're in market right now. And they all had websites too, which is critical because none of this, none of this stuff works unless you have a website or a YouTube channel. Like you just can't, you can't do these things. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other conversation about why do you need a website? Because let me just say, if there's anybody right now asking why do I need a website or why do I need an online presence? You're not really in business and that's fine. I mean, you might not, you may think you are, but you're not really. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to be blunt, like just... You're not okay, but that's like a perfect audience because they kind of um, are, are are realized at that moment that the power they have to disrupt mm-hmm. something that's been around for a long time. And I loved that feeling that I actually you know made that connection. Mm-hmm. And people left that workshop with the Chicago Chamberland of Commerce and said, "I'm going to do something." That realization of "I'm going to do something" is great. The question that I always have when people leave a workshop like that is, did you actually do it? Google Digital Coaches workshops are always exciting, jam-packed with information, tons of energy, lots of enthusiasm all across the board. Um, There is, you know, just sort of a general feeling of camaraderie and also the recognition that it's a safe space because you're with fellow entrepreneurs that are trying to, to do something amazing. And so that experience is something that some participants have not ever had before. They've never really been in a cohort like that where they're looking around the room and seeing like familiarity, like, oh my gosh, like there are I, other people like me. Yes, just like me. And mm-hmm. we're all, you know, trying to, to make this work. And so what but the other piece of that on the other side is that Google's done a tremendous job in sourcing the other coaches across the country, you know, finding the right people with the right attitude the right temperament, the right type of vibrancy and experience to run these workshops and to have sort of this, you know, ability to have a conversation with small businesses like this. And so that combination is pretty explosive. um, And that's why they're working. Now, when it comes to after the workshop, right? right, Which is the only part that I care about. I mean, I know, like, you call me jaded, but when people are super (laughs) excited about something, and I've been to Tony Robbins, event you've been to a tony robbins event yeah for real? The, yeah for real for real yeah, you I actually went, paid money no there was, it was a salesforce conference so oh, someone paid money for me like, to be oh there. my god like i would there's I mean, power in that because there is mentality is everything okay like i said lots yeah. of people have great businesses but they have limiting beliefs about what where their small business can go and they don't recognize that a lot of these companies that are making millions of dollars started off just as small as them, gotcha. but they deployed at a certain level and they didn't say, oh, well, you know, this is a scam. Like there's so a reason then, so why then, Amazon was the number one of the number one purchasers of Google ads when they were just a yeah. bookshop. So your point is that all the energy around the event is one thing, but the execution is really hard. And yeah. now we have so many ways to execute mm. that, you know, it becomes when people leave, they're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's mm-hmm. going to happen, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you know, things start to kind of fade away and you get caught back up into your business versus, yeah. I have you know a lot to saying? say about this. You know who Amanda Seals is? Yeah. She's a stand-up comedian. 
um look her up she's does stand up she's a writer she's a yeah. singer she's a rapper she's mm-hmm. she's great she's really smart she went to columbia um she's excellent she talks about being a multi-hyphenate a multi-hyphenate yeah i love that because amanda seals gotcha. is a great example of a person who has done multiple things mm-hmm. at a level that people wish they could just do one thing at so when <laughs> when i say she's a stand-up comic she's a this she's a that she's been critically acclaimed on all those fronts um business owners have to be multi-hyphenates now when it comes to being a multi-hyphenate like you're good at instagram or you're this you're that you're that that's really daunting because we've grown up where we live in a society that's always like jack of all trades master of none and i feel like that is the mentality with which small businesses approach things like social media they say well how can i do this when i'm actually focused on doing my business when in reality it's like okay well if you were a hairstylist you wouldn't just do people's hair and say your hair looks amazing you would spend time to make sure that the ambiance of your salon looks nice and there are certain things that make one salon feel different than another you would spend time doing all of those tiny things it's just the same thing on a different platform but when it comes to social media and the reason why I brought up Amanda Steeles was because she talks a lot about um, the time that you allocate to things and the expectations that you have surrounding that time allocation so when I look at what real expect expectations look like I love after the excitement dies down for instance us doing this podcast for a certain period of time I was excited for when I would stop being excited about it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cuz mm-hmm. that's how I would know if I could actually sustain it. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. And right. when I look at my life as a creative and mm-hmm. my professional, I I'm excited for the time when I've gotten all of the ideas that I wanted to get off off and now I have to come up with new ones. This is mm-hmm. how I know if it's actually possible. <laughs> that's why people's second right. albums suck. Yeah. You have your whole life to do your first one, now you have to actually be a professional and right. produce. When it comes to social media and marketing and Google digital tools, there's a learning curve, but the practice of it over time helps you surmount that learning curve no matter where you start. But there is something to be said, though, for um, realizing that you are not an executor and you need to actually have someone execute for you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because, you know, small businesses, especially bootstrapping ones, mm-hmm. and there's one person working and they have to wear a thousand hats. Um you know, it gets into a conversation of control mm-hmm. and releasing some responsibility and mm-hmm. realizing that mistakes are going to be made mm-hmm. and they're going to have to be made in order for you to grow. Um, if you are continuously and repeatedly stuck on execution, you've got to find someone to help you execute. Otherwise, you will fail. Your business will fail. You will not make money. You will not grow. And you'll look back and say, oh, my God, how did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. You've, you've got to let some things go. But if you want to start with one thing, Mm-mm. you know, figure out with the one thing. So, like, take YouTube, for example. Mm-hmm. There's some people that, you know, love shooting footage on their on their phones, right, on their mm-hmm. mobile phones, which is a tremendous powerful tool that we have now that can do anything we want to do. If you realize that you love taking pictures – you know, and that's something that you're doing maybe as a hobby or something on the side in addition to your business. Try to find an alignment between that thing that you love with your business and try to put them together because that's a place that you can just do one thing and execute. And if you think about that, then you say, wow, I actually do love taking pictures with my phone. I love working with filters and I'm, I can't figure out how to marry that with my business. That then becomes okay, if I love taking images, how do I align that with some content strategy for my business? What are some things I could talk about 
with my business that then allows me to take my phone and take a picture, which helps me tell a story and create a narrative around a topic that's related to my business. You've got to find a place that you love to do something that has to do with technology, that has to do with using this as a marketing tool. And and that might be the way to figure out what is the one thing to do, because it is hard for some small businesses to say, I'm going to do Instagram. I'm going to do YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blog on LinkedIn. I'm going to have like photos of myself taken that make me look really good for my presentations. I'm going to make my presentation. I'm going to create a roadshow. I'm going to in- implement search engine, right. optimize my website. Like there's so much to do. I have a question for you when it comes to expectations you already said okay you decide you have the budget and you can't do this on your own so you're going to hire someone there always needs to be a conversation I feel like there kind of is sometimes but I wish there would be maybe a little more of it when it comes to Google Digital Coaches about expectations because this is really a new segment of employment someone who does your social media as a small business so I feel almost as a person who does this as well, there's a risk of there being a disconnect. So what what often happens is a small business owner is like, I guess everyone says I should do Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to hire someone to do it. Them not really taking the time to understand Instagram and Facebook and never actually having done it themselves um, muddies what their expectations are. So it's like whose expectations? The the business business owner? owner. Okay. Yeah. Because they, if you because if, they don't know either they don't know so they don't even know it, what they they're supposed be, to ask either for either believe that it should be a priority they don't know what they're supposed yeah. to ask for they don't have expectations they have weird disjointed expectations about the execution yeah. or the speed or the uh, the volume yeah but you're but you're talking about you're talking about tactics and implementation of tools you're not talking about the the fundamental um, of understanding that you need to have someone that understands brand strategy before you actually bring them in on tools because anybody can learn how to use a tool, but you have people that don't understand what it means for a company to have a strategy with actual outcomes that need to be measured because that's what should be driving everything. And that's what mm-hmm. actually should be driving the tool that you decide mm-hmm. to use. So some companies um, realize that Instagram is their is their path of, of choice and least resistance to get a customer. Mm-hmm. But other businesses are like, realizing, you know, after going through a digital coaches program, I am under leveraging YouTube and that's where a lot of my customers are. I need to actually Mm -hmm. be launching a total YouTube strategy um, for my business and, you know, kind of balancing that out with Instagram. So the brand strategy piece is, is something that business owners need to be thinking about as they're trying to decide what role they should be sending out externally, either, either as an external consultant or bringing on a staff, you know, that's, and that's something I think business owners forget is that, they are the brain trust around the strategy mm-hmm. and that should be driving everything. It doesn't matter if someone is good at Instagram. Who cares? If they don't understand brand strategy and corporate strategy and revenue goals and growth yeah. and where you need to be so that you are solvent in four in, in first quarter, second quarter of twenty nineteen. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying with that. Brand strategy is should be at the core of everything that you do, but there also needs to be I feel like there has to be a minimum amount of interest and understanding of these platforms for any business owner before they hire someone to do this for them. I don't know about that. I think that it's not the interest that really has to be if it's if it's if it's ba- if it's it's being driven by the goal of the company because you, an interest an interest isn't Yeah, isn't but you're also critical. talking about it, it's not as critical and maybe if we we're still talking about 
traditional tools yeah what you're saying i would accept it but okay. because we're talking about tools that people aren't used to and that they aren't necessarily completely bought they have into, to be curious about them you have to be curious about it because here's what i see mm-hmm. a crotchety mm-hmm. old man that's been in business for 40 <laughs> years already wait how crotchety and how old let's be careful okay a, a, a 56 year old white businessman okay who has been in in business for a double digit years okay right is now being told you need an Instagram for your company. Oh gosh. He doesn't really understand Instagram. He doesn't want it, doesn't like it. He doesn't want he doesn't it, he like doesn't it. like it. Doesn't yeah. mean he doesn't need it to grow his business sure. in 2018. So But he's under he's undervaluing he, undervaluing it. So then yeah. what do you think he's gonna be how do you think he's gonna be able to manage the person that he hires because he feels like he has to and he doesn't want to deal with it? He's not gonna be able to fully sure. utilize that person. And he might not even really understand how Instagram truly fits into brand strategy. Right. Yeah, when yeah. when your Instagram person that you hired or your social media strategist that you hire yeah. posts three posts up and you don't get a million followers, you're right. like, I knew this you, didn't but work. But don't you think that person that you're referring to that you just, you just, so the you just, the person he so hires just, or the crotchety just, old so man. So you just created, um, you know, a, a user profile, yeah. you know, that person, number one, is working on an old model. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And that old model didn't really um, leverage concepts around business outcomes that can be measured. And so the whole mindset around his thinking process isn't aligned. And you're absolutely correct. I mean, he's not necessarily going to be thinking about measurable goals because that's not what you used to have to do. I mean, back in the like in his time, I guess, um, you know, people would put a billboard on a highway and hope for the best that someone will look at it. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, they really didn't measure how many people looked at that billboard. Believe mm-hmm. me, there was no measurement. Mm-hmm. You could not guarantee that a million people looked at that billboard last year. You can guarantee that a million people look at a billboard online, mm-hmm. you know, but he doesn't understand that because that's not where he learned or where mm-hmm. he got it from. So you're right. I mean, it is a challenge. But there needs to be education also around what starting and implementing looks like in the beginning yep. mm-hmm. for small businesses. Because when he does, when that person that I just described does go to Instagram and look at businesses that he wants his business to emulate, they're usually businesses that have been doing this for years now. Like, let's take a podcast, for instance. Some of the biggest podcasts are on their, like, 200th episode, right? And so you do your first podcast episode and it gets three listens. Like, you, there has to be some sort of education around expectations. Also, if you don't know enough about Instagram and you hire someone, because for me, a lot of those people will hire their niece, and yeah. say you are good at Instagram. You do Instagram, mm-hmm. and then she will or he, yeah, and I'm and or listen, nephew will just tell you what you should expect. So the problem with hiring your niece, for example, and I talk about this at the Google Digital Coaches Workshops that we it's run not in a Chicago. Pet project. It's a real. It's it's part what, of your business. What I talk about when we talk about hiring people that are good at Instagram or good at Facebook mm-hmm. or, like, or what does or that good mean? at Google or good at YouTube. No one whatever. has defined what that means. Well, though. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. In small for a business, business circles. Owner. Go ahead. What it doesn't mean for a small business owner is that you cannot put your company's, you know, um, goals, revenue goals, strategy in the hands of someone who doesn't understand what those are, you know, you, you, you know, and, and having a person that just knows how to use a tool, I continuously go back over and over again, that you must have someone that understands the strategy of the company to leverage the tools effectively. This is why companies like General Motors, 
have teams of people working on their Google account, for example, because everything they do on Google aligns with their goals and strategy. They do not have people that just know how to use the tool. And if they do have people that know how to use the tool, they're guided by someone who understands how that tool works with the strategy. So this is about managing expectation. No business owner should go into any products anywhere, Facebook, Google ads, YouTube, Snapchat, those tools should not be used unless they align with strategy. And I talk about that at Google Digital Coaches. And all of the, actually, in fact, a lot of the coaches across the country talk about goals. And goals are hard to set. So you've been doing this for a long time. You've been doing this since 2017. Um, the experience that I've had even in this year with Google Digital Coaches workshops, I've begun to recognize patterns, you know, um, in types of participants. So in your experience, what's the ideal participant in one of these workshops? Who, as a small business owner, entrepreneur, would gain the most from a Google Digital Coaches workshop? Yeah, the workshops are open to everyone and anywhere. Um, they're free. So wherever you are in your business journey, you can attend these workshops across the country. The ideal participant for Google Digital Coaches program workshops are not only businesses that have a website, but they're for women that have a business of all ethnicities. And I want to emphasize this because women in particular, um, you know, we need a slightly different conversation around running a business and using our voices and mm -hmm. speaking about um, what makes us happy, what do we need, what do we want. Um, you know, we just require something slightly different. We're also he more hesitant about self-promotion. You know, earlier we talked about um, one of the women at the workshop that was concerned about spamming people. You know, we're always wondering, you know, um, I don't want to promote myself too much. Um, so our workshops um, are very designed for this conversation. I mean, women entrepreneurs are driving business startup in record numbers. We're getting the least amount of funding, Right. We are uh, women business owners, less than 2% of us ever get to a million dollars in revenues. Mm. Listen to that number. Less than 2% get to a million dollars in revenues. That is ridiculous. And then black women business owners, less than 0.5%. It's horrifying. There's a book called Million Dollar Woman that talks about this. Um, but, you know, the Google Digital Coaches program mm -hmm. is great because it's, it's giving women some knowledge to give them the confidence to use tools to drive their businesses. So, you know, I would, you know what, I'm going to actually plan on having a workshop that's for women only if I can make that happen in Chicago. Women business own owners only. And I'm going to maybe think about putting this together with the, um, the founding 40 women in entrepreneurship Institute that I'm launching at DePaul university under the Coleman entrepreneurship center. I'm going to think about how to cool. formulate this. So women that are listening, Call me with your ideas about this or actually email me at jburkenbuellatgoogle.com with your ideas on how I can put together a women entrepreneur focused um, Google Digital Coaches program workshop in Chicago. I would love to do this. Why is it important that Google's the one putting on this workshop? I mean, there are a lot of people that are experts in digital tools. 
Um, there are a lot of people that give workshops. There's an ebook popping up, you know, every five seconds asking you for your email address. <laughs> so yes, what's the value, the inherent value in this being an official Google Digital Coaches workshop? I think that what's great about Google offering it is that it's free. They're at scale. Um, they can blow things up and make things a lot bigger. Um, you know, everyone uses Google. They have so much expertise at so many levels and so many ecosystems and so many verticals that when people come to the Google Digital Coaches program workshops and they ask a question, we will likely have an answer and be able to guide them to the place they need to go within the Google ecosystem. So, um, you know, Google's not a one trick pony, you know, they're not just offering one product or one service or one piece of information. They're offering a full ecosystem of solutions from um, different industry types to data collection, to marketing tools, to advertising tools to um, innovations around artificial intelligence. I mean, there's just so much available with Google that you almost ask yourself, is there a place I can go to find out everything Google's offering? And I say, yes. It's the Google Digital Coaches Workshop. That too, but there's one other place you can go to find out what's Google. happening at Google. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You could do Google.com, but yeah, but I mean, Google search, ask a question. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm exactly. Is that what you mean? Like, <laughs> Google.com. If you type in Google.com, so it goes to the You search. just don't refer to it as Google.com anymore. You're yeah. like, Google it. You know what I mean? Right, like, you don't right. say, oh, go to Google.com. Yeah. Like, back in the day, you said that. But now it's like, Google it. But yeah, I mean, anything in your mind's eye, anything you want to know, any question you have, put it in that search bar and you will get a thousand answers. So, you know, Google is a perfect, perfect opportunity. In fact, and I speak for myself when I say this, I invite all other tech companies to join with Google in this fight to help small businesses be successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need we need all hands on deck. It would because, be good for their business in general. Yes, it would be good for everyone to, mm-hmm. to encourage and to help and support and to supply information to small businesses, but in particular, in particular, marginalized and underrepresented businesses, because we have the widest gap of digital information of anybody. It's us. We don't have it. You've been doing this since 2017. You've seen a lot of businesses um, come and go. Um, What are some success stories that you've seen from Google Digital Coaches workshops? There's so many success stories. And of course, I can only speak to the ones that are happening in Illinois, right? Um, Within the full ecosystem in the United States, there's other success stories in the other markets. But in Chicago, Illinois, I've helped a business realize the power of YouTube. Um, I set up a small business owner. She has a product. She's an inventor. And we did a little bit of work around her brand strategy. We did some audience segmentation work and figured out um, how to talk about her products that align with her specific audience segment and put her videos. We created some videos, we created a script, put her videos on YouTube, and we did, I think, three different videos. She has hundreds of thousands of followers now on her videos, and previously she had 500. Whoa. 
Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, something. I mean, 500 is a lot but for not small, hundreds small business. Of thousands, hundreds but of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands on each video, and we yeah. did three. So, That's so the outcome of this program has been, you know, she said to me, I had no idea. I had absolutely no understanding about how amazing YouTube could be for my business. And so now she's not looking back. I mean, she's actually doing more on YouTube mm-hmm. than she is on Instagram. I mean, that, hey, that is... It's about what works for your business. Yeah, and exactly. YouTube is a whole world that yeah. there's some people that exclusively live on YouTube. Yeah. Again, and then, don't put your all of your eggs in one basket. But there's YouTube some people is a who big really basket. put a lot of their energy into that. And it works for them because they really understand that community. Right. And you can monetize YouTube on top of what it does for you your can. actual brand. So then after YouTube you have a certain exciting. number of followers, you definitely exactly. can monetize. Another success story um, one of the things that we do with Google Digital Coaches is we provide um, a pathway um, for um, suppliers that are diverse. So another business I helped um, get through the supplier diversity program, I really just pointed them in the direction and said, you know, now that we've gotten to know you, you are a perfect candidate to be a supplier to Google. Nice. So I helped her, um, you know, point her in the direction of where to apply, which is if you just type in Google search, um, Google supplier diversity, you'll get the portal that says apply now. And she applied, and now she's a vendor um, that's available throughout the entire Google ecosystem for people to hire her and say, you know what, I want to order your product. And her product mm-hmm. actually was wine mm-hmm. um, to you know, potentially have her supply an event at Google. Mm-hmm. And she actually did. She supplied wine for one of my events that I had in Chicago, and it was mm-hmm. fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another outcome of the Google Digital Coaches program is you know, potentially becoming a supplier for Google. And everyone isn't going to become a supplier. Everyone doesn't make it. Mm -hmm. But the chances of you having a better opportunity to Mm -hmm. become a supplier is to attend one of the Google Digital Coaches workshops. Is there anything that worries you about the Google Digital Coaches workshops as far as, you know, businesses that come in? Are there any patterns that you see um, that are kind of red flags? I think that, I mean, that's a good question for you too, Esther, because one of the uh, pieces that you talk a lot about is visual presentation on, on, on online, how mm-hmm. to make what you're doing look beautiful because people mm-hmm. are looking at beauty. And I do want you to answer that. And I want to say the thing that does worry me all the time is all the energy around the actual workshop and nobody does anything. So yeah. there are businesses that I know I can look out into the crowd and say, that business is going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. That business is going to do that. That woman's going to just knock out of the ballpark. I can see it. And I can tell this by, you know, how, the types of questions that are being asked, who's asking them, and the follow-up after the workshop. There are people after the workshop that take my information, which is jburkenbuell at google.com, and I get an email asking for help. And anybody that sends me an email a legitimate email that legitimately has a specific question asking me, how do I do this? Or Mm -hmm. you talked about this at your workshop. Can you please help me understand what you really meant? I need more information. When I get information, when I get questions like that or follow up, I know that they're actually executing Mm -hmm. and that's a place that I've had some success. So if I don't, if I don't get any of that from a workshop, Mm -hmm. you know, follow up questions Mm -hmm. that I'm like, you know, yeah. you know, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you. But I want to know, um, you know, you came in this late. So after after you started working for my company, um, I had you come in and do some content delivery at the workshops. But I have you focus specifically on, you know, how to make a beautiful presentation with your brand. What are some of the what what are what is one thing that you've seen that you've said, well, you know, 
That's, that's probably not going to work. Yeah. What have you seen? I would say the thing that I see the most or hear the most that really worries me is that a lot of people think visual presentation is an afterthought or the cherry uh, on top sure. of their brand. Sure. Um, when in reality, regardless of what digital tool you use, I always liken not embracing digital tools to uh, opening a, a brick and mortar location and not putting an open sign. <laughs> yes. Up. That's a good like one. Like thinking that people should just assume that you're there or go find you or go out of their way to when in reality the world is a lot bigger. So it's harder for people to stumble across you. Even if they're right next to you, they're going to look at their phone to try to find what's next to them. And even if you're physically there, if you're not there on their phone and there's a place that's maybe a little bit further than you that has great reviews and they know what it's like, they're probably going to go to that place, you know? Mm -hmm, right. But, I don't know if it's arrogance or a resistance to change or whatever it is. The visual identity of your brand is what helps it exist online. Exactly. Um, and so if that's an afterthought to people, it worries me. Yeah. Because yeah. that's going to show in the effort that they put in and the attention that they pay to whatever it is, whether it's making sure that their menu is on Google, whether it's, you know, um, asking people to review them, whether it's the pictures they put on Instagram or the videos they put on YouTube or the posts that they make on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. If you don't really buy into it, mm -hmm. the importance of it, then it shows. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. I and mean, then literally you have a problem because then you're definitely not going to I mean, a whole other podcast a good job. would be like us talking about, you know, how to really leverage Google My Business and your location based mm -hmm. with your location based business. How do you leverage, um, you know, your map, your map mm -hmm. on Google, you know, mm -hmm. which is talking about reviews and coupons and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you being in control of your visual presentation and ensuring that your images are beautiful and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. And I'd love to see, we're gonna have to do another one on that, right? Mm -hmm. We're gonna do another mm -hmm. one. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, those are, those are two really good ones. I mean, I have one more. You do? What's your, yeah. what's your, what's your next one? A lot of times we talk about the ways that business owners approach their businesses from a consumer mindset and that being a problem. Yeah. Right. Oh, so God. a lot of time businesses, business owners are like, well, what's an example? They're not thinking about the ways that things work on the back end. Yeah. Right. So they look at advertisement as evil or, you know. Oh, this thing is following me around. Or you know what else they look at? You know what, what? else they say? I don't want to promote myself too much. I just, I feel like I'm going to spam somebody. Yeah, like it's spammy. Ugh. When in reality, they themselves make purchasing decisions based on advertisement. Yep. Based on the ability to see something that fits their desires at a specific point in time so that they can make a purchase decision that's good for them. Yeah, I mean, so just cutting to the chase on that is that if you think you're being spammy, it's probably because you haven't considered your brand strategy, you haven't segmented your audience, and you haven't really understood who your customers are. Because when you have the right messages that go to the right people mm -hmm. that are aligned with your business strategy, that is not spam. That is reaching a customer with their intent right. to say, this is what I want. And they're getting the message in the right place. Yeah. So that's really what I was talking about earlier when it comes to the brand strategy. Mm -hmm. You've got to understand your customer's intent because what you do is 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 becomes less about spam and more about how are you driving sales or mm -hmm. how are you driving business and you're right that's consumer mindset when you have someone that says i don't want to be spammy it's like look you are not a consumer you're a business you got to mm -hmm. figure out 
how to get that person to buy your stuff, which means that your whole thought process is not about right you know not about like that's the whole point is that you're trying point. to sell stuff yeah people you're trying to sell stuff. At, like, I mean, just, people I mean, shy away from sales just, can we just like just say really right now like when you're a business every minute of your life you need to be thinking about how, how to, to make stuff. money how to sell stuff i that's mean really don't there's no shame in this like just just why do people feel like they can't be out there trying to make money all the time because I mean, what because is it? marketing what, what is that? because when we talk about advertising mm-hmm. we talk about marketing we talk about it from the perspective of really really large companies and corporations and in our society right now the thought of really large companies and, or, and, and corporations doing things like targeted ads f- people frame that as feeling manipulative Right. When in reality, when someone sends you a targeted ad, it's because of something that you've looked at. When it comes to investing time and money in products like this. Sure, people have a consumer mindset when they don't think about the back end of the lot, a lot of the purchasing decisions that they make. For instance, people who think that visual stuff is an, an afterthought to their brand. When you look in the room at people who think that the visuals and the branding is an afterthought, all of them are wearing very put together clothing. Some of them are wearing things with sports logos on them. Some of them have certain, you know, bags or shoes. All of these things have to do with design and you Mm -hmm. wouldn't buy into these things if they didn't look a certain way. Right. But when I'm talking about investing time and money, I'm also talking about the fact that you have the opposite effect as well when some businesses or business owners say, well, I don't want to spend money on that because they're just trying to like sell, sell me stuff. And this, this doesn't really work or, or this is a waste of money or waste of time when that to me shows a lack of understanding of the actual tool, because those same business owners have like a point of sales that they spent money on because they know that you need this like square card reader because you need to take a debit card. You could just say, we only take cash. So the same mind state that you use to invest in products for your business to make your business appear a certain way or be accessible to certain people, for instance, being able to take a debit card, Mm -hmm. that to me, that mind state, I see a red flag when that doesn't translate into digital tools. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because because digital tools are not physical objects you can necessarily hold in your hand. No, it's all in your head. There's this idea that it's not like a tangible thing, but it's like a billboard but More there, no, people but that's are going to look at that's their not phone. Correct. There are tangible things, though. I know they are tangible things, but I'm saying because you can't because you can't hold a Google ad in your hand yeah. and say, this is what I paid for. A lot of people, especially people who have been in business before this whole digital. But you actually can hold it in up. your hand. It's called it. Literally, it's called Google Data Studio. I mean, you literally. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can. You can't. You but can. They're not, they don't know about Google Data Studio. Yeah. They're coming from a perspective of you can do like this you is can, the Internet. You're right. But you can do visualizations. Yeah, you know, you could you could like you could do like a Google slide deck, which shows you all the actual ads you produce. And you can yeah. look at the images around there and you can show like mm-hmm. what were you know, what were mm-hmm. the click rates on mm-hmm. those? And was there any conversion? So, you There's know, but mentality, again, though, that this is the mentality you're talking sit about it down on a table. You're right. I bought a nebulous thing yeah even though we know it's not nebulous and yeah big companies know that it's not nebulous that's why they spend so much money and time on it small businesses especially small businesses that have been around for a while yeah there's in the back of their mind they still feel like it's an a nebulous like pet project yeah. afterthought thing yeah when the truth is for instance i'll give you an example i was talking to a small business the other day and they were talking about wanting to grow revenue they have an e-commerce 
platform. And I was really surprised by that. Um, they want Where was their e-commerce platform? I, was it Shopify or what was it? I don't even remember. Did they make their own? I don't remember. Mm. Um, but they sell stuff online is mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. And they're talking about wanting to sell more things, period. Mm-hmm. And then they started talking to me about print ads. Mm-hmm. And I literally said to the guy, I mm. said... Print ads where? Exactly. <laughs> I said... If you if you want to sell more stuff, you would be better off taking whatever money you're going to spend on any sort of print advertisement and putting it into promoting your e-commerce because that's going to scale faster. Like someone being able to click on their phone and buy your product isn't inherently if you just look at the numbers and the possibility makes more sense than you trying to get someone to physically walk into your store. Mm -hmm especially if you already have an e-commerce platform, but there was a resistance there. And just objectively looking at the data, you wouldn't think that that resistance will exist, but I could tell as I was talking to this person, like they are really stuck in this mind state that if I don't print something and give it to you or put it on a billboard, like, you know, and then I said to him, you know, what do people do when they're in the car and they drive past a billboard or when they're in their car and period, what are they doing? They're looking at their phones. So that billboard costs how much money? If you spent half of that on making sure that when people are looking at their phones, which they're doing all the time, they know that they can buy something yeah, from your like store. Yeah, like Clear Channel Lookout. <laughs> Come on. And <laughs> Clear Channel Billboard if, Company. If your I mean, true really, objective is, is selling scary. more stuff, yeah. if your true objective is selling more mm-hmm. stuff, you can't be romantic or nostalgic about how you feel like people should buy that stuff. You have to be real about the ways that they're most likely going to buy that stuff if they buy it, and then put your effort towards that, whatever. So that's a red flag for me when someone starts kind of going back and forth with me being like, yeah, but you know, I really, this is a really good spot. I'm like, no, it's not. I, I, I know, I know a, really good a, a good spot for the, this billboard is a really oh. good place. I'm like, I know that billboard's there, but I can't tell you the last time I read it because I'm on my phone and you are on your phone. That's the part that gets me is that, People who argue with you about social media, about digital tools, about this, that, and the third, they're on their phones. <laughs> like they're using their phone. They're using their phone. Some people, there is a rare bird every now and then that has a flip phone. And those people are, are, are going to go away because after a while, you wouldn't even be able to purchase a phone without a data plan. A lot of carriers don't even let you do that anymore. Right. But most people who will argue with you about digital tools and social media buy stuff online. <laughs> And use digital tools and social media to make purchasing decisions. But it's it, that's a major red flag. A red flag for me is when I am at one of the sessions, one of my workshops, and someone throws up their hands and says, and says, oh my gosh, this is so much. I just don't think I can do any of this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm just going to be really blunt. Mm. I'm like, get you need to go job. get a job. Mm-hmm. Just please um, realize that maybe this is the wrong place and the wrong time for you in the sense that you're maybe not an entrepreneur. Maybe you need to go work for somebody yeah. else. In 2018, I mean, you know, to be exhausted by this is just, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for anybody that has a business. You you have to not, you can't think that this is too much information. It's just, it's too bad. And, and, yeah. and, and it's, it, this is not, I mean... I'll just be blunt and real. This kind of thing is not for everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And we are going to have a podcast on 
warnings so, and red flags like, around starting a business. <laughs> like, I literally is, was like, I know. What do you like? We're going to have a my glasses off for, for some reason. We, need to, my we need to start keeping this more real. Everyone cannot be an entrepreneur. No, I'm sorry. It's not working for every can't. You cannot do this. Everyone can't. And don't be ashamed of not being an entrepreneur. There are people that have shame that they're not entrepreneurs. That they feel, well, yeah, because they feel bad that they're working. Romanticized. It's just it can't be. And so, just getting back to this though, yeah. that's a red flag for me. And that, and I, and I see that person. And I'm like, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble right now. So, we've talked a lot about the Digital Coaches Workshop and what happens at the workshop. What is the official role of the actual digital coaches, including yourself? Like, what what do you do during the workshop? What, what types of workshops do you put on? Are there different ones? What is the description, the role description of a Google digital coach? There are nine Google digital coaches across the country. Um, I am the lead in Illinois for the Google digital coaches program. In Atlanta, Georgia, the lead is Justin Dawkins. In Austin, Texas, Vicki Sepulveda. In Detroit, Michigan, Katrina Turnbaugh. In Los Angeles, Roberto Martinez. Miami is Vicente Pimienta. Um, in New York City, Francilia Wilkins-Rahim. And in Washington, D.C. is Shelly Bell. We have a new um, program lead now for the coaches program. Her name is Angelina Darsana. She's also in New York City. And she really manages the entire program in terms of, you know, the administrative roles and convening meetings to touch base during the week to understand, you know, what are our successes and challenges as coaches in our states? Um, what are some of the things that we need to do or that we want to that we want to pilot some new topics we want to talk about or even some potentially um, new hardware products that we might want to feature at one of the workshops. So she's really the person that um, you know, convenes us together um, so we can have conversations around, you know, the impact we're having in the communities as well. So it's really great, the roles that we have, because not only are we responsible for our respective cities, but we are available um, um, to do work in our states. And we're also available to convene together. So for example, a couple weeks ago, I flew to New York and I did a special workshop with the New York coach and it was on um, how to, um, you know, rev up and revitalize and create an amazing personal website. And that was in the New York office at Google, which is great. Yeah, that was cool. That was a lot it was of like fun. like a mastermind panel. It was. It was a mastermind panel. Um, and so when you were asking about the types of workshops, we have not only general workshops about, you know, the entire Google ecosystem of products available for small businesses, but we also have thematic workshops like um, there, um, the Atlanta coach, um, Justin, he had a workshop, um, on TensorFlow. Um, Shelly Bell had a workshop on OK Google, which is voice search. You know, um, there's also workshops on, on how to leverage YouTube exclusively. And, um, there's also opportunities to have thematic workshops. So I had a workshop, um, in Chicago where I brought in people in the restaurant industry. Um, you know, I'm going to have a workshop in February that's going to be convening um, visual artists that um, have a business in art. And that's going to be a workshop to help them understand how to leverage the tools effectively for their visual, their, for their visual products. So there's all kinds of things. And actually, 
I am looking for people to, to offer to partner with Google Digital Coaches. That's the other great thing about the program that um, I have a woman that I'm talking to right now who is responsible for um, convening um, women in the real estate industry. And so she wants to do um, sort of a collective workshop where it's people in real estate and Google Digital Coaches and how real estate professionals can use Google tools, you know, to drive, you know, sales. And so there's all kinds of things and I'm looking for people. So if anybody has a suggestion for how they want to partner with Google Digital Coaches in Chicago, Illinois, I would love to hear from you because there might be something really cool that we can put together um, that will pull in at least 50 people to attend, to give them ideas on how they can do better in business and how they can make more money. I mean, we really are talking about how to monetize, right? We're not just, I mean, ultimately at the end of the funnel, we're talking about how to monetize and how to make money. This is not pie in the sky, dreamy conversation about, you know, all the beautiful things that you could be talking about. It's really going to get down to how do you drive money to your business? And this is the only way to do it is by leveraging online tools. I mean, you know, that's not the only way to do it, but it is the most powerful way that you can do yeah, it at scale. It's the most scalable way to do it. It really is scalable because you know yeah. what? You know, you can't be everywhere all the time, yeah. but you do need to figure out how to make this stuff work for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week so that when you're sleeping, mm -hmm. the machine is still working for you to make money, right? Right. So you talked a little bit about some of the things that happen at workshops in general. Mm -hmm. Are there any tools that you cover consistently throughout all the workshops? Yeah, um, for sure. So we, first of all, cover Google ads, which is, you know, display advertising, search network advertising and others that are connected to Google ads. And there's a lot of other solutions on Google ads, but we really cover the basics. And those are the two um, Google YouTube. So YouTube is a tremendous platform mm -hmm. and I cover, um, you know, how to use YouTube. Why is it important? And, you know, interestingly enough at all the workshops, there is usually zero or one person that raises their hand when I ask the question, who uses YouTube for business advertising? Mm -hmm. Like nobody does it. And this is something that is under leverage. Okay. Yeah. So other things we talk about Google, my business. So for location based businesses, right. um, I talk a lot about the mapping environment that you can use and you can add coupons and reviews. It's a, it's a great um, um, way to, um, generate reviews from your customers and you can control the experience much better than you can, for example, on a platform like Yelp. Okay. Yelp is really challenging for businesses to deal with. Um, we also talk about Google analytics and how it's important and how you should be using it, you know, to measure, um, your campaigns or, or measure outcomes or to even fundamentally find out with your website, how many people were at my website, how long did they stay, mm -hmm. where did they come from mm -hmm. and where did they go next? Mm -hmm. You know, these are basic things. Um, uh, some other tools that we discuss at the workshop, Google voice, um, you know, great platform for advertising, get a Google voice number and you can run all kinds of ads from a Google voice number and no one will ever have your, your personal phone number. Most small businesses and entrepreneurs, they don't have a corporate number, you know, 
523-1000. Like we don't have that. So what do you want? You don't want to put your cell phone, which is probably the number that you use for your family and your friends yeah, and yeah, all your social yeah. activities. You want to have a number that maybe is forwarded to your cell phone because when you put your phone number online, oh geez, oh my god, <laughs> like don't. I'm not letting ever, go of my phone number. Please but don't my ever goodness. put your personal phone number on a Google ad because Google ads do work, and this is a place where you will really, you know what? That's actually a good test. People sometimes doubt about the success or effectiveness of a Google ad. Try putting your phone number on a Google ad and see what happens. Don't see what it. happens. Don't do it. So Google Voice is another thing that we talk yeah. about. And then um, we also talk a little bit about Google Webmaster Tools, which is a which is a product that you must have on the back of your website. And for those of you that don't know what Webmaster Tools is, please Google it and find out what it is and figure out how to get it in there. Um, so yeah, those are sort of the fundamentals. Um, I also briefly, you know, go over some other things like double click or mobile advertising. We certainly talk about how to create goals. Um, we um, also discuss um, value proposition, like what is it that you're doing that is so different from the next? And I always give an example of, I had a workshop once where there was four Ivy League educated lawyers and they all had their own business. And I looked at all of them and they were all amazing and super smart and kind of delivering similar services. And I was like, what makes you different? You need to know what makes you different in order for any kind of online advertising to work for you. Because once you put yourself out there as a business, you will find a ton more people and businesses just like you. And because there's a ton just like you, you've got to have that differentiating factor that makes someone say, I'm going to choose you over them. And so that's, again, you know, that gets into a little bit of a mindset. That's not so much a tool, but it is something that you have to think about when you are using these tools to figure mm -hmm. out how to make them work the best for you. And there's others. I mean, I'm not going to give everything away, Esther, because why would someone come to a workshop if I share, if I share it all now? Because then they have someone to talk to. <laughs> I guess, right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah th that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. This has been a great conversation about Google Digital Coaches and, and helping small businesses and entrepreneurs understand how to use Google tools and other digital tools that are out there to grow their business. Um, I think it's an important conversation, and it's really interesting that a company as large as Google is really putting some effort and, and investment behind connecting at scale with small businesses all over the country. I love it. And the one last thing I will say which is a tip for everyone. Because a lot of times we have at the end of our podcast a tip for black women in business. But this is a tip for everyone related to Google Digital Coaches. And I encourage you, when you come to one of the workshops across the country in the nine states that I said earlier, I want people to network and to meet other businesses because there is magic that occurs at our workshops. I, it's, it's hard to describe. I mean, you were at the one in New York. It was mm -hmm. It was... I'm not going to say kumbaya because that sounds like some kind of a, you know, a peace initiative, but it really mm. was a giant hug and a wreck looking around the room and saying, this is so amazing and so mm -hmm. magical and so remarkable. And we were all talking together. And um, that's really the part that I want. It, it, how about this? If you're not going to do anything, at least look at each other, shake hands, exchange business cards yeah. and say, let's connect. Let's yeah call somebody and say, let's go to lunch next week mm -hmm. and talk about the Google Digital Coaches program and, mm -hmm. and how what impact it had on your, your mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's actually an actionable thing to, mm -hmm. to make a goal to say, I'm going to connect with at least yeah. one person at this workshop mm -hmm. and I'm going to take them out and we're going to go and have and share a cup of tea or a cocktail if that's what you prefer and talk about what we just learned. That yeah. would be a great outcome. It's also a good way to meet 
people that could possibly be hired to help you with yes. your business. Oh like, my gosh, yes. At the New York one, there was a guy there who specialized in security and IT and he was trying to grow his business. There are a lot of business owners that I saw who need help with security and, he and IT. And he reached out to me. It, he yeah. did he he reached yeah. out to me and I'm going to help him mm-hmm. um with his website. Yeah, so it's a good yeah. way you already know that you have someone who is motivated to some level cuz they're already in the workshop to begin with. Um but I've seen a lot of people make supplier connections, business connections or even just, you know, peer connections because yeah. I always believe that businesses and business owners should have some sort of support group because we are kind of siloed. We are siloed, but I mean that's why the Google Digital Coaches program is tremendous. I mean, hashtag Google Digital Coaches anytime you experience our workshops, that's something that we're using to track mm-hmm. and determine, you know, how effective we're being. But the other piece is when you come to a Google Digital Coaches workshop, you are now officially part of the Google family. You really are. Because not only do we have your name and your email address when you come to our workshop, but you're part, you, you have a, a pipeline and a pathway to connect with your coach now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a way into the ecosystem. You have a way into this large Google environment that is virtually impenetrable, except for us. You know, we're here right. to sort of, you know, open the door. So if people want to learn more about Google Digital Coaches before they come into a workshop, how do they do that? All someone needs to do is go to accelerate.withgoogle.com slash coaches, and you will see all the coaches across the country. Um, And if you want, you can just type in Accelerate with Google on search, and you'll get the entire website that's part of this program. Because we're actually underneath an entire initiative that Google's putting together around diversity inclusion, right? Also, hashtag Google Digital Coaches. When you hashtag Google Digital Coaches and you follow the hashtag, you will see all the posts that are affiliated with Google Digital Coaches. That's on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn is actually powerful in order in terms of reaching us individually. So all the coaches are on LinkedIn and we put out a lot of content on LinkedIn about the program. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Honest Field Guide podcast where we discuss Google Digital Coaches. I'm Esther. I'm Ginger. And we'll talk to you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carroll. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Burke and Buell and Esther Ikora. E.